Welcome to episode 141 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I am your host, Mike Mason, and you found the show where I get to know the creators of Certified and Bonafide Good Stuff for Kids and Families. On today's show, I talk to Stephanie Myers, who, at this time of year, three years ago in late July, started her own business called Myers Consulting. And what she does is she represents many of the musical artists that have been on this podcast. She found me early on. We established a great relationship and we thought it would be cool for you to hear from her about why she got into the business that she's in and why she does what she does. So congratulations to Stephanie on three years in the business. And I think you're going to get an interesting insight from this conversation. I think you're going to hear why someone would choose to dedicate their lives to to bringing more publicity to kids and family artists. It's almost the exact same reasons why I do this podcast. Hey, speaking of which, think you have some good stuff or want to learn more about good stuff or think that good stuff is important? You can always check out my website, www.goodstuffpod.com. You can email me, mike at goodstuffpod. You can't .com, right? Add the .com on there and you'll be good to go. You can find me at social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the at symbol, goodstuffpod. Thank you so much for your support of this particular podcast. It means a lot to me. Hey, it's almost my birthday. So you want to get me a birthday present? Why don't you share this? Push that share button. Tell a friend. It means a lot. Thank you very much. Here is Stephanie Myers. Talk to you at the end of the show. Good stuff. It's really awesome to welcome my like real now real life friend. We're now real life friends outside of just email. Stephanie Myers, welcome to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm wonderful. So it's steamy here today in New York City. It's steamy? Yeah. Oof. Okay. Well, it's beautiful here in the Bay Area. We are coast to coast. <laughs> and we are. <laughs> we, we really are. <laughs> and we are live. Um, first of all, I should have asked you earlier how to pronounce your last name. I hope I said it all right. If I did not, please Actually, correct me. It's, yeah, it's Mayor. Okay. But nobody says it right. When I got married and took my husband's name, I thought, how, how wrong could people get this? But everybody gets it wrong. <laughs> okay. So, well, well, um, I'm so used to it. All right. Well, thank you for uh, making me feel like I'm not alone in uh, totally okay. botching that. So uh, off to a very professional and good start. So, <laughs> um, Stephanie, you were... Um, when I started doing this podcast, I was like, is this going to... Like, is this idea... Is there something to it, basically? Like, in my mind, it felt like th this could be a really good thing for parents to to have a place to go to find all like kinds of music and other things that people might be interested in. And you never know when you start something. And then one day, one fateful day, um, I got an email from you uh, asking if I wanted to talk to Secret Agent Twenty Three Skidoo. And at the end, which you know, for some people. Not us, you and me, but for some people, they'd be like, oh, that's cool. But for me, I was like, oh, my gosh, like uh, we listen to him all the time. Like we listen to him in the car and, and for you to reach out and see if I would be wanting to talk to him. It was like, OK, like there's there's something to this. So first off, I want to thank you for uh, helping me to to know that uh, I was potentially onto something with this. But this is not about me as much as I've been talking. <laughs> this is about this is about you and what you do. So can you describe a little bit about what your role is and what your job is? Sure. 
Well, I, so I run Mayors Consulting, which is a business I started about three years ago now. Um, but I've been in the family music world for, wow, since like 2004, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, so currently I run my own business where I do PR, marketing, booking, and consulting for people in the family music realm for the most part. Um, I mainly focus on PR, which is public relations, and help artists get their music out there to the masses, or at least the masses that listen to family music. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is not the same as the regular masses. But um, so it's a really interesting world. I am so blessed to have so many fantastic clients and work with really, I think, what's the best of the best and people that are doing really unique, creative, and exciting things um, musically to present to today's families. You know, I think uh, the people I work with, you know, it's it's exciting, it's non-pandering, and just really taking a fresh approach to what, you know, modern family music can mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spend my days, you know, working uh, various projects, various times. And I also, this past year, started doing a little bit more booking for some of my clients. So getting people, um, you know, paid for gigs, um, which is a really wonderful thing in this world. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful thing in, in every <laughs> world. So let's, let's yeah. go back. Let's go back. So 2004 is yeah. when you started working in the family music world. What was your, what did you do at that time? How did you start? So I worked at a music venue called World Cafe Live in Philadelphia, which in, I think I started working for them in 2002 or 2003. I was actually the, the venue's first employee. Uh, I had met the owner when I was working at a gallery and he came in and I was listening to the radio station and he started telling me about this venue that he's building and I was like, hey, I, you know, wanted to work in music promotions. I did an internship in London doing that and I did it in college and that's my goal. So he hired me as his first employee and I kind of like wore a million hats and once the venue opened, um, I was doing all sorts of marketing stuff there. And on Saturdays, we wanted to fill up the space because it was kind of a seven days a week uh, venue. So we started doing some family shows with some local talents. This was like an incredible time because it was right when things were starting to get hot and heavy uh, with kids' music. A lot of new bands were coming out, and there was this kind of whole new movement happening. Um, So I was kind of discovering different bands every week and different genres and styles and people from all around the country. Um, and before we knew it, we had this really exciting concert series happening on Saturdays, Peanut Butter and Jam. Um, so that was my introduction to the family music world. Wow. So, and that's still like a major venue. I mean, just in terms of the life and times of kids and family musicians, I, I think it was two weeks ago, there was the, the big convention, KindyCom. And part of that yes, was, I was there. you were there. Cool. So <laughs> have you been, have you been at that from the start? Like, um, I, well, I guess it's kind of, it goes back because, so I used to run, which this will probably come up later, but I used to run a conference called Kindy Fest, uh-huh. um, which was like a South by Southwest mini version uh, for the family music world. So that ran for, wow, how many years did that run for? Five years? Uh-huh. years. Um, and we ended it in 2013. And then... So our friends at WRXPN Kids Corner in Philadelphia picked up the torch and created a new version of it, which they call KindyCom, which is now what happens um, every other year in Philadelphia. Um, So this is the first one in two years. So it's kind of, for me, really interesting because it's like going home again and it's kind of visiting the conference again, even though it's kind of a a different format and setup. Um, But um, so, yeah, that's, 
it's it's definitely still a really special place. You know, the venue is interesting because it's half the radio station and half a live music venue. Uh-huh. Um, so half nonprofit, half for profit um, <laughs> that aren't directly related, but there, you know, there's definitely a whole lot of overlap. Right. Okay. Cool. So, so then you strike out on your own three years later, and no, no, oh, no, no. Not, not three years later. Right. 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 I got my time confused. Right. Right. Not Next. even. There was a lot in between that. <laughs> yeah. So let's get let's di- um, dig into that. What was between that? So let's see. I moved away from Philadelphia in December 2006 to go work for Putumayo World Music in New York City. I had met the owner of Putumayo. Um, while I was giving him a tour of World Cafe Live, and he had the Putumayo Kids imprint, um, which was a really incredible series and still exists. And they were doing wonderful things, and he wanted to do more events and more promo, so he moved me to New York City and and put me as the head of you know uh, promotion and events for Putumayo Kids, wow. which cool. is a really, really amazing job. I got to travel all over the world and worked with some incredible artists, and I met my, my best friend uh, my first day on the job. Oh, and um, so that was, that was really fantastic. I was there for three years. And then um, from Putumayo, I went to work for Dan Danes, and I ran his company for five years. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. So, and Dan Zanes is, you know, one of the the biggest names in uh, in kids' music. Hasn't been on the show yet, but, you know, someday, eventually – would love to talk we to him. Make it happen. Okay. <laughs> okay. Make that happen. So, what's it like to to work for someone like Dan? Like, what was the what was the job? Was that like coordinating concerts and publicity and things like that? Um. So it evolved over time, but when they first brought me in, I was basically like GM of the label. Uh-huh. Um. At that time, there was a tour manager. There was a booking agent. And uh, we did have a publicist for, for big pushes, and I kind of orchestrated everything, made sure everybody was working together and everything was flowing and was bringing in fresh ideas. And um, it was really, really an incredible time. And kind of over the years, um, things evolved. I did a little bit more of this and a little bit more of that. Um, but it was a really, really, really hands-on. Um, my first time really working directly with one artist for an extended period of time uh, which was which was really fascinating to kind of watch watch the way somebody works, watch the way an artist works, and experience mm-hmm. that. And, um, and there, were, there were lots of adventures and and, and interesting moments. And uh, you know, Dan has such a history. He was a rock star. You know, Del Fuegos and right. so many connections and and artist friends and the people that would come in to do sessions in the in the studio that we had built in the office for a while. It was really, I always call it grad school. Oh, <laughs> yeah, totally, days, yeah. Where I got my, I got my master's in dancing. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That totally works. So um, did you, like, so in the course of this, you, you've probably inadvertently or advertently, I guess is the way to say it, like rubbed elbows with some, like, pretty well-known people. Have you ever been, like, speechless, like, floored, like, starstruck by someone that you've met in, through your work? Um, let's see. Well, we had like some of the most amazing people came in. We had Andrew Bird come in the studio, which was stunning. Yeah. Sharon Jones came in the studio to record. And she was just heaven on earth. And uh-huh. with her, I'm so sad. Yeah. Um, uh, we had uh, a Christmas party once and Joan Osborne came. So we're <laughs> sitting around the piano singing Christmas carols with Joan Osborne. That was <laughs> oh pretty God. That's amazing. incredible. Yeah. 
So there are lots of moments like that. Yeah, those are that's sure. incredible. What what a what a thing. What a thing. Okay, so you yeah. you were with Dan Zanes for a while, making that happen. Mm-hmm. And then what was the like what sort of uh inspired you to take the step to sort of go out and strike out on your own? Babies. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, I had my first daughter right before I started working for Dan. She was actually eight months old when I went to work for him. And then I had my second daughter um, in this, I'm sorry, in January of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I had my second, I was kind of feeling like I don't want to be going back to Brooklyn. It was a long commute. And, um, you know, I'd kind of been cutting my time in the office shorter and shorter. And uh, I have always wanted to go off on my own. I was kind of always doing little projects off on the side here and there, no matter where I was working, you know, helping someone with an album here or there. And, um, you know, when I was running Kindy Fest, um, that ate up a big part of my life as well. That was kind of my, my side work when I wasn't at my full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so then, you know, things were just evolving. And I think, you know, after five years of doing, you know, the same job, I think I was ready for, for a little change. And, and, you know, frankly, a lot of people were, were coming to me and, and seeing if I was available. Um, so I kind of decided to make myself available. Yeah. So... So what is PR for, for people who may not know? Like what, what is the day-to-day? But without getting into specific artists, like take us through like a uh, maybe a typical or even like not so typical day for Myers Consulting. Myers Consulting. Ugh, I'll get it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Well, I mean, I guess the most, you know, basic days are I'm sitting here, you know, with an album that I'm working on and I've already got my messaging straight on the album. I've written the press release. I kind of know the story behind it. I know the strong tracks and figuring out who, who's going to care about this. Who do I want to target? You know, certainly there's a, you know, a small pocket of people, you know, I have that I, I share the albums with and I know they're going to play it or I know they're going to write about it. Um, but I always really try to look, especially when I'm even considering about taking on a project, really decide what sets this apart, what makes this special, who can I get to, understand this and care about it and share it with their audience. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for, you know, for, for radio programmers and I'm looking for writers and bloggers and, you know, mom and dad bloggers and people in the adult music world and people in the pop culture world. And it really depends where the album touches, you know, if it's educational focus and all the different kind of branches of places I can go with it. Um, because, you know, the, the, the family music coverage is, is minimal. Right. Um, you know, we, I think in the early days, there used to be a lot more write-ups about it and bigger publications, but I think those writers had their kids age out. And, you know, the fact that there's good music for kids isn't necessarily the hottest news um, of today. <laughs> um, although some people still don't know about it. You know, I think we always joke um, every once in a while, uh, once a year, I think there's some big outlet right there oh, look, kids' music doesn't like, want to make you tear your hair out. Right. You know, you know, the three biggest bands and then, like, two of their local bands. And, um, you know, it's always the same story. Right, yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, it's because our audience ages out. So right. know, new people are coming into this world all the time. Right. Uh, so it's interesting. I think in every way, right? Like, the audience ages out, but there's also artists starting their careers all the time and um exactly and like to 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 build a career i think is much different now for any artist right like any musician or or uh writer or whatever it is it's it's much different to build the brand now than it was 
however many years ago, because there's so many outlets and things move so quickly. Um, so that, I mean, that, that's, I, I, I guess I had always thought that people kind of age out of it. Right. But like, there's always people, yeah. there's always people coming in. So, okay. Right. And that's true. And I love that. That's one of my favorite parts is to introduce somebody new to, you know, the right. scene. Right. Um, that's one of the things that's most exciting for me, especially if it's something that doesn't exist in the scene already. Right. You know? Right. So like, for example, What's an example of one of your clients that where you're like, oh, this is new and, and we're going to talk about a bunch of them, I feel like in a few minutes, but like, this is something different. This is something new. This is something we haven't seen before, maybe. Sure. Um, definitely a couple. I, I'd say uh, in the last few years, a lard dog and a band of shy. Mm-hmm. That was one that kind of took me completely by surprise. Couldn't Couldn't find anything that even to compare it to, at least in the kids' music world, I think like our descriptions came up being like the B-52s, Devo, Pee Wee Herman. Um, <laughs> even when I first listened to it, I was like, I don't know what this is, but I love it, so let's figure it out. Uh-huh. Um, and it's been amazing. It's been one of my favorite um, you know, clients and people to work with, and um, we've gotten very, very close. And, you know, that's something else, you know, because I'm such a one-woman show here, I, you know, I developed really wonderful relationships with my clients, yeah. and I think we're all kind of more more family than client yeah. publicist, um, which is the way I like, I like things to be. I like yeah. a casual environment. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, That's good. So, uh, Lard Dog certainly won. And most recently, Saul Paul, mm-hmm. um, who really, really just something completely fresh and new that I had never even considered and doing it in such a special way that I think is completely unique to him, um, based on just his own story and doing it, uh, well. Um, right. So and I was so excited. I just met him in person for the first time. Uh, what was it last weekend at at Kindycom. Really? So you could um, not I, met yeah, him? Yeah, I did the. He's in Austin, and I'm here, and I did his whole campaign and everything right. uh, without ever meeting him. So it was my first time seeing him perform live and meeting him, and it was uh, it was really exciting. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you you did introduce me to him, and he and I had a, like a. It hasn't aired yet, but this conversation and like his story is unbelievable and like you know spoiler alert he like freestyled and was like not shy about doing any of that it was like a really fascinating and cool conversation um so so i love this idea of like relationships and creating relationships and how that's sort of a key to what you do um it is publicity is all about relationships for sure and do you think that that it's equally relationships with like some of the outlets that you're talking about? Like you, you know, like yeah. you and I have emailed a lot, so like that's a relationship, and you know, it's just like a, you know, it's a mutually beneficial thing. So it's not such a challenging thing to be for you and I to like just get along nicely. And but like in terms of working with the artists, how do you like? I know this is like a very uh, uh, big question, but like. How do you make sure you understand where they're coming from? Like, how do you get to know them? How do you make sure it's a good fit for what you do? Right. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really, really careful about the projects I take on because um, I want to make sure it's a good fit. You know, I don't want to disappoint mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to find myself in a situation selling something that I don't necessarily get or believe in or, you know, mm-hmm. um, those are really important factors because, you know, PR is hard work and you're out there on the front line and convincing other people why they should care about something. Right. Um, you need to know, you need to know what it is and, and believe in it. Um, so it's definitely um, a process getting to know the artist, um, really spending time with the music. I really request a lot from the artists up front in terms of 
wanting them to tell me about the work. You know, uh-huh. what inspired this song? Where did it come from? Why this musical styling? You know, why these special guests? And kind of all that information that they provide me helps me understand the music and the project more and, and the concept behind it and lets me build the story and figure out, you know, where this sh- should go and who might, you know, believe in this and, and, and want to share it more. Yeah. Um, so it's certainly a process. Huh. So, yeah, definitely. And so I'm going to read uh, uh, probably not all of the, the people that you represent, but the ones that I've talked to. Um, and and then we'll sort of get into uh, to some of them a little bit. So uh, we mentioned um, Secret Agent 23 Skidoo was one. Um, Steven Steven with Steve Burns and uh, Steve Drozd from The Flaming Lips was has been on this show. Um, we I've talked to Billy Kelly, who you represent. Michael and the Rockness Monsters, who you represent, uh, Gustopher Yellowgold, talk to, and then you know coming up soon is uh, uh, Elizabeth Mitchell and Suni Paz, as well as Saul Paul, and also Falu. Do you represent Falu too? Am I making that up? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so think, yeah. so I will say that like of of all of these, you know, I think about some of the the best conversations that I've had, and a lot of them like you know the story is so interesting. I think that like what you bring is like you, you represent some of the the most interesting people, right? Like Steve Burns and Steve Jobs, like that Steven Steven album is like, it would be like in some ways sort of not challenging for adults, but it's, it's different. You know, it's like something that I lis- would listen to as like a, uh, you know, person in the car. And uh, how do you like, so like there's that side of it. And then there's Billy Kelly, who's like a stand up comedian. And like, making all like having all of these different things going on in your head all at the same time. And I know that this is like, so, so we're talking a May 4th and the summer season seems to be when like a lot of records are coming out. Um, So like a lot, lot. like, do you have a system for Mm -hmm. like how you make sure that no one's getting more attention than the other and everyone's feeling like really good and well-represented? Yeah, yeah. Well, I certainly try not to take on too many projects at once. You know, again, it's just me. Um, so I can only spread my attention so far. Plus, I have, you know, a three o'clock, a three-year-old and eight-year-old to deal with. Yeah, so, right. um, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's the momiverse over here. So I, you know, I definitely spread things out and work with people, you know, based on my calendar and what the best release dates are. Um, try not to work on anything that's too similar with um other folks uh-huh. um you know i don't want to be working obviously like you know to hip-hop albums or to pop albums or to spanish language albums anywhere close to each other because then i'm just doing um a disservice to everybody because they're going to count each other out um, so i really try to have eclectic uh spread you know at once so that there's different opportunities for different people uh-huh. um and that's kind of my my general approach you know i I don't want to be doing too much of the same things. And, you know, each, each album release is usually just, a, you know, three or four months that I'm working on something. And then, you know, it's still, it's still in my wheelhouse, but then I'm kind of on to the next project. So you really do the big push over, you know, a couple months. Right. Um, but, you know, I don't, you know, write anybody off once that, you know, those, those months are up. They're still, you know, in the world and as opportunities come up, they're absolutely factored into things. You know, right. some people... I work with you around. Uh, I manage um, Gustav for Yellow Gold and I manage Billy Kelly for the comedy stuff. 
um, everybody else is pretty much a, um, you know, a PR client, although I do have a whole separate booking roster. This past year, I, I decided to kind of add booking uh-huh. as an opportunity. Um, so I have a really eclectic booking roster as well, which, again, I made sure that there was no overlap. You know, my idea was that, in theory, a venue could come look at my booking roster and book everybody for their entire season because it would be that diverse and they wouldn't be, you know, Mm-hmm. doubling up on anything. Right. Um, so that's been, that's been really fun having that as an option, you know, now booking at the pop-ups and Gustafer and Lucy Kalantari and Lardog and Falu uh-huh. and, you know, uh, you know, a, a whole bunch of folks. So it's, um, it's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, in that vein, right? Like it's just fun. Like, what do you love about kids music? Like, what do you love about what you do and what you're bringing to the world? Well, I've been a music fan since, you know, as long as I can remember. My parents were always playing fantastic music that was, you know, filling up the house on Saturdays while they were doing housework. Um, And then when I was 15, I turned into a huge deadhead. Yeah, now we're getting (laughs) somewhere. Okay. Yeah, now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) I used to babysit for a family and they were, they were, you know, Grateful Dead fans and they had this, um, they had this wall. Uh, it was like this, like in their entertainment unit. You pulled it out, like from from the unit, and out came this whole wall full of tapes. You know, live show tapes. <laughs> oh you're a Grateful Dead fan. You, That's you know what this is. Yeah. Um, this is cassette tapes. You know, this was in the you know in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, instead of watching TV uh, after the kids went to bed, I would just dive into these tapes and I. Oh. My parents actually let me go to a Grateful Dead show, Whoa. and they actually took me. My parents took me to my first Grateful Dead show. They wouldn't let me go by myself because I was 15 years old. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> oh, I was 14. I was 14 at that one. Probably, a, probably um, a decently smart move. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even still, <laughs> I managed to get into a little bit of trouble. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, so that just kind of like locked me into the scene of, hey, like there's a community, like there's community uh-huh. of people that that love the music that they love. And it kind of introduced me to that whole kind of more AAA radio, you know, not pop culture world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I started buying Relic Magazine and, and just kind of learning more about how other things worked. Um, and then, you know, I went to college and um, wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life I you know, was undeclared for a while and I met with a guidance counselor out there or whatever they call them in college and um, you know they're like well you have to identify what you love and if you figure out what you love and make that your career you'll never work a day in your life oh, that old thing perfect so uh, I was like, well I love music <laughs> yeah so I, I got an internship with a local um, record uh, station a radio station um, the alternative the alternative and the classic rock station like the big Pittsburgh ones whatever they were called so I would like take the bus out to some industrial complex where they had their offices and do all sorts of grunt work and, you know, do the promo closet. And But I, I got to learn a lot about how that whole universe works. And it was a very commercial side of it, uh, but it was educational. And then uh, later I was going to spend a semester in London and they were offering an internship program. And they asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, well, it would be amazing if there was anything in music promotions, which they had never had anyone ask for before. Uh-huh. And they found me this incredible internship with a small promotion company called Wild Promotions. And they did college and radio promotions for music. Wow. Um, so it was like the first time where I really got to push like an event, push a concert to press, go to the concert, see the press people come out and review it because I invited them out to it. Um, 
And I was like, I made that happen. That's yeah. the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that um, is. yeah. And that kind of clicked it into gear for me. That's, that's uh, I really, I really dug that. And for now, even now, like all these years later, getting a good get for a project I'm working on, like lights me up. Like that's yeah. just the most exciting thing for me. Like we made that happen. You know, I made that happen. Um, that's so exciting. And because of that, all these people are going to get to see this and my client's going to be so happy. And honestly, like making them happy is what makes me happy. Right. Um, and the challenge is, is fun. You know, I sure I send out a million pitches that don't get a, an ounce of response. Um, but you know, when, when someone gets it and when it's a match, it's really, really rewarding. Yeah. And it's for such a good cause. You know, these, these artists work really hard. It's what they believe in. Um, especially going through, you know, all these years of working with the artists as they're working on their projects, as they're sending you the things, as they're, they're sweating and spending the money and having creative challenges and life gets in the way. Um, and then see them like actually get it out there, um, and, and get the positive response and get the airplay and get the in studios. And, um, it's just super rewarding. And I'm, I'm so, um, thankful that they trust me and, and, and welcome me into their world for it. Yeah. That, that's, very, very nice to hear. I mean, I think the like you're all about connecting. You're all about fit. You're all about making sure that that something works. And and you do you got to believe in it in order to put it out into the world. And I like that you're selective in putting out things that you you really believe in. So there's there's probably lots coming down the pike, and and we don't want to we don't want to spoil anything. But I, I'm I hope to hear that you're you're keeping busy, and we'll continue to be in touch about these amazing artists that you represent. Oh yeah, oh I can yeah. Drop you some. I can drop you some what's coming down the pike. Oh, drop something. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, right now there's the new pop up album, Giants of Science, that's coming out on May 18th, which is just awesome, and it's my first time working with them, so it's, it's super exciting. Um, and Varid has a new album out on May 18th also called Songs for Sisters and Brothers, which is just a really stunning collection. Um, I've been listening to it with my kids so much and we get in the car and they start calling out the numbers of the tracks they want to hear. Um, so it's, uh, that's, that's a good sign. Um, and I'm working with a new artist, uh, Jumpin' Jamie, uh, whose, whose album Kooky, kind of a, a takeoff on Dookie from the Green Day uh. <laughs> comes out uh, in June. His first single just released this week. You have to look it up to the future. It's super yeah. cool. Uh-huh. Very pop rock. And then this summer, you'll see Lucy Kalantari and Secret Agent 23 Skidoo and Lard Dog and the Band of Shy and Sony De Los Santos, Hopalong Andrew, uh, MOM, Michael and Rockets Monsters coming back in the fall with some of the music. So nice. there's there's a lot happening. Man, well that's sure. that's uh that's good news for you, and that's also good news for me. So there's lots <laughs> lots coming down the pike. Um, so I just yeah. want to take a second to thank you again for uh, reaching out to me when you did. I looked it up while we were talking. It was uh, July 11th. Is that right? July 11th, 2016. No, it was June 30th, 2016. So we we're almost at our two year friendship anniversary. And I can't. Oh, happy anniversary. <laughs> and I can't. I didn't I, get you anything. I didn't get you anything. So that's sorry. okay. That's okay. You've, you've given me plenty. Um, so I just want to thank you for reaching out and for trusting me to. Uh, to, to get the, the good word out into the world and for taking a chance on me. And I'm glad that we have uh, a lot coming up to, to talk about and be in touch about. And um, I just, you know, just a big old, a big old thank you 
So, um, well, likewise, thank you for answering my email. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. How do we, that's always uh, the first step. That's the first step. Rule number one, folks, respond to your emails. Awesome. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Even if it's a rejection, no, yeah. matter, no matter what your career is and what you're working in, even if it's a no, a no is so much nicer than no response at all. Right. Exactly. And I, you'd be surprised to know that Usually it's the bigger outlets, like even like the TV stations that will actually reply like, we're going to pass, thank you, or this is not a fit. And right. that, at least to me, I saw that they looked at it and that's so much more respectful than just never hearing back from somebody right. at all. Right. I will, I will second that and say like I, I emailed J.K. Rawlings, the, the Harry Potter author, because I was like, obviously she's going to want to come on my podcast to talk about it. Uh, but someone not her likely but someone responded i was like okay that's cool at least we tried at least we at least we tried and they said thank you no thank you um so so stephanie how do we follow you are you uh, active on the twitter facebook instagram i am i am let's see i'm on instagram i think i'm mayor's consulting on twitter i'm at steph allen a-l-l-y-n uh, my website is mayorsconsulting.com i have a mayor's consulting facebook page Cool. And all the information is around. Awesome. Well, thank you again for everything that you've done for all of the artists that you represent and for bringing good quality music for kids and families into the world. It was great to talk to you and hear your story. Likewise. Thank you so much for the opportunity. All right. Take care. Thank you again to Stephanie for taking the time to talk to me. And congratulations on three years doing your thing and bringing good stuff to the masses. We are partners in crime, partners in good stuff crime. No crime. We are just partners in good stuff. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Email me, mike at goodstuffpod.com or social media at goodstuffpod. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a big one. That's right. No spoilers, but it's a big one. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Good stuff.